Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Hello there. Welcome to Skeptics and Believers, a paranormal podcast. On this week's episode, we discuss the Amityville hauntings. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy the show. So, what is the Amityville haunting? Let us set the scene, because there's more to this than a straightforward story. Mm. In the early hours of the 13th of November 1974, at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, which is Long Island, New York State, a 23-year-old called Ronald DeFeo Jr. took a 35 caliber rifle and massacred his six family members in their family home. So while they slept in their beds, he shot them all dead. So basically he was a troubled man with a dependency on drugs and alcohol. He'd been known to physically lash out at his family and had even threatened his father with a gun. The following morning, very early on, had gone into a bar saying that people needed to help him because his family had been murdered, claiming that they'd been killed by a hitman for the mob. Then went on to change his stories, claiming that his younger sister, Dawn, had killed his father and that his mother, distraught and in a fit of rage, had killed the rest of the family and then he'd had to kill his mother to save his own life. And then he changed the story yet again to say that his younger sister, Dawn, had killed everyone and he'd had to kill Dawn to protect himself. In his trial, he claimed that he'd killed them all because voices within the house had told him to do it. So that's setting the scene. Okay, so that's kind of, that's not... Setting the scene. That's not necessarily the haunting part, is it? Or the bit that the, so no. the famous film set. But that's, so this, that's, that's the backdrop. That's, is that the build-up to it, the build-up? Yeah, this, this, is, this is the backdrop. This is the, the scene setter okay. for what we're about to discuss. Cue 13 months later, 18th of December 1975, when... George and Kathy Lutz moved their family into 112 Ocean Avenue. Um, I imagine it was going at quite the cut price. So, $80,000 at that time for was, quite was a large cheap? house. Was that cheap, though, for a large house? That was, that was, that was cheap for that area at the time. I'm sure, when, I'm sure when, my, when my parents were, you know, kind of 20 years old, they could buy a house for 12 quid, couldn't they? That's <laughs> I what I hear these days, be, being a millennial quite- and all that. Not that I, I am. think it was quite that cheap, but yeah. So they moved into the house. They they said at the time when they bought the house, they knew about the murders. They weren't bothered about the murders. No. And the day before they moved in, they decided to get a priest by the name of Father Ralph Pecoraro to go in and bless the house. So this is where it starts. So allegedly the priest goes into the house. He's blessing the various rooms. He goes upstairs, opens the door to a bedroom. There are masses of black flies everywhere. And he hears a voice say, Get out! Where he's then slapped across the face by an invisible force. He then flees the house and upon fleeing the house, says to George Lutz, there's something really peculiar about that room upstairs. That was the start of the hauntings. So later that night, when the Lutzes had moved in 
got this stuff in the house. They notice that there is green ooze coming out of the walls. No, <laughs> they just noticed. You see, that's the problem when you when you when you try and get a cheap deal on a house, you still need to <laughs> still need to get your survey, don't you? Still you need do, to make sure you you make, yeah. make sure all the conveyancing's been done properly. They notice this green slime oozing out of the walls, but also that there were black stains on their toilets that they couldn't even scrub out with bleach. And that there were these flies everywhere in the house. And because it was winter, there shouldn't have been flies about. Is it like where I used to live with Angry Dave? Just full of chicken bones. <laughs> yeah, full of chicken bones and flies. <laughs> And stains, you, stains flies, you can't yeah. get out of the toilet. Maybe. Weird things start happening to the family. George claims that he hears a full marching band <laughs> within the living room. Okay. So he goes downstairs to find out what's going on and finds all of the furniture shoved to one side of the living room. Kathy claims to have been attacked by an invisible force when she placed the crucifix on the wall in the living room and that the cross turned itself upside down and it was accompanied by... A strange, sour, rancid smell. This is why a second viewing is essential, isn't it, before buying property? Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. George claimed as well to wake up at quarter past three every morning, which was apparently around the time that DeFeo killed his family. Coincidentally. Coincidentally. And it's also the witching hour. What is? Three o'clock in the morning is, if you, you look into things like alien abductions, Three o'clock in the morning is when alien abductions happen. Yeah. And when a lot of spooky paranormal activity happens as well in a lot of stories and in accounts that you read from different people. But George started acting strangely. He'd neglect his personal hygiene and would spend a lot of his time just out in the garden chopping wood, as you do. <laughs> now, this one's a bit relevant to maybe to what we discussed in last week's episode about Cannock Chase. Is there a pig but man? They, I'm getting there. So their their daughter, Missy, claimed to have had an imaginary friend called Jody. And according to Missy, Jody was a demonic pig with glowing red eyes. Ooh. Both George and Kathy claimed to have seen this demonic pig a number of times. And that George had even found cloven hoof prints outside circling the house. Oh. In the snow. Oh, okay. So the turning point for the Lutzes, though, apparently, no, 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 wasn't the demonic pig with the glowing red eyes. But it was actually when George went to bed one night to find his wife, Kathy, levitating above the bed. And she turned her head towards him and turned into an old woman Ew. right that, in front of his eyes. And that was when it was too far for him. He was quite and happy that's when it was until too his far. wife became an old woman. I think there's. Indeed. This is this is a modern allegory for the, a midlife crisis, I think. It could be. I mean, he was. They were both in their thirties at the time. Yeah, a, a man's fear of growing old with a woman. Do you get that fear, Eddie? Mm, occasionally. I mean, for me, the the green slime coming down the walls would have been uh, uh, a kind of a big a big clue to get out. There is a, there is another or, you know, there is the, another vo- the voice telling them to get out. Well, yeah, that too. I can say there is another really kind of well documented haunting where there was kind of slime that I remember somebody from a university come in had taken samples of the slime and apparently it was eighty percent cat urine. Just a bit of, <laughs> just a bit of a slime fact for anybody else into ectoplasm. It's good to know, good to know. So twenty eight days after moving into the house, the Lutz family fled the house, leaving most of their belongings behind. Something happened there for them to do that. So two months after they'd left the house, a local reporter called Laura Didio 
got together a, a team of reporters, mediums, clairvoyants, and Ed and Lorraine Warren to go and investigate the house. Empire again. Are they the Annabelle people? Yes. Oh, okay. So we have we have mentioned the Warrens before. I've said it before. I'll say it again. At some point, we will cover the Warrens over a couple of episodes. This is the Conjuring pair. It is, yeah. Ed Warren was a self-professed demonologist, and Lorraine Warren was a psychic medium slash clairvoyant. They were married, and they would go out and investigate various things so they did a little bit of investigation into the Enfield haunting and they were part of this investigation that I'll go into in a a little bit more detail whilst they were investigating the house Ed claims that he was physically pushed to the floor by an invisible force and Lorraine claimed to have been overwhelmed by psychic images of the DeFeo family dead covered in white sheets in their respective rooms also claiming that the house was home to something, in her words, right from the bowels of the earth, stating that her experience in the house was as close to hell as I'll ever get. Well, we know what lives. Words. We know what lives in the hollow earth, don't we? Lizard people. Lizard people. Yeah, that's if the earth is hollow. It could be flat. <laughs> that, <laughs> it can't be both. It that's is another episode. It is neither <laughs> hollow nor flat. The one thing that came from this investigation as well is that they set up a number of infrared cameras on timers around the house and one of the cameras was on the first floor landing pointing towards a number of doorways into different rooms and i remember seeing this on a documentary because it actually scared the living shit out of me of course and i remember i remember texting our friend dave because we were both watching at the same time just the words holy shit i think i've just shit myself (laughs) and his response was pretty much the same but in one of the images, so they were saying like they were going through the images that developed and one of the people who were part of the investigation, this was some time after the investigation took place, she kind of paused and started shaking and they looked at the picture and in one of the doorways was the image of a young boy with glowing white eyes that some people believed was the spirit of one of the DeFeo children who were murdered in the house. Was it singing with... Um... Bonnie Tyler. Bonnie Bonnie Tyler. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But it did look like that. Now, other than that image, the Warrens and the rest of the investigating team came away with very little evidence other than their first-hand experience of anything paranormal within that house itself. And in 1977, a parapsychologist called Hans Holzer entered the house with a psychic who claimed that an Indian chief had spoken to her, claiming that he had possessed DeFeo and that he had chased the Lutz family from their home. However, they found there was no proof that any Indian chiefs or Indians had been buried on land in or around Ocean Avenue or where Ocean Avenue in the house stood. Yeah, that I, that kind of, you know, what's the right phrase here? Kind of almost racist stereotype mysticism thing that, you know, because it was quite popular in the, especially in the yeah. 70s, wasn't it? You know, like yeah, the, yeah. the the mystic Chinaman and the, you know, the the, the voodoo Haitian and things like that, you know, it was because Westerners don't understand it. They kind of, you know, they would attribute otherworldly powers to those people, wouldn't they? Yeah, and it's like, because it, it was the main plot point for the poltergeist, wasn't it? Yeah, Indian burial ground. So this this yeah. house had been built on an Indian burial ground and that was the cause of it all. So like going through... Looking into, obviously, what happened at the Amityville house and these alleged hauntings, 
I've come up with a few points for and against why it could have been some truth behind it and how they could have been bullshit. So both George and Kathy Lutz took lie detector tests and were questioned about what they said happened to them and the family whilst they were in the house for those 28 days. And was this both in the 70s? Them, yeah. Yeah. A number of times they took these tests, these polygraph tests. Yeah. But they passed them every time. Now, whether you believe that polygraphs are accurate or not, to be able to, to me, it, it makes me think that they believed that what happened to them was genuine and did happen. Another kind of four is that one of their sons, Daniel Lutz, leads a very quiet life now as a stonemason and doesn't like being in the limelight and doesn't seek fame or anything like that. But on one of the rare occasions, he did speak to someone with regards to the events. He claims that the experience ruined his life and that the hauntings were real, but that George was responsible for it all because he dabbled in the occult. Oh, so he was summoning demons. He was a demonologist. He did say he was. No, that was Ed Warren was a demonologist, not George Oh, Lutz. God, they're mixing these kooks up. Oh, I know, I know. But also their, their youngest son, who's called Christopher Quarantino, now he changed his name from Christopher Lutz. He claims that the events in the films and the books that have been published were embellished, but in his words, that there is a lot of truth underneath all of those lies. Mm, that's some weird stuff, isn't it? I do know so, from what I've looked at that the the people who lived there afterwards, so the people who moved in immediately after the Lutzers sold the place, they they said nothing. Got ever it for an even better rate. Well, abs- well, I don't know. I think you know because well, it was famous. By they them, did. They it? got it. They got it for fifty five thousand dollars. Boom, winner. But yes, but they said that nothing ever happened to them, and they actually sued the Lutzers for negative publicity, and the Lutzers settled with them out of court. Yeah, so that family were in the house for 10 years yeah. after the Lutzes moved And claimed out. nothing weird happened to them. Now, it might be that they're devil worshippers and that they just didn't want anyone to know that there was a secret vortex to hell under that house. But it's more likely that nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, the, the against there's a couple of against points. The first one being that the Lutzes' former lawyer, who's a guy called William Weber, claims that he made the story up over several bottles of wine with the Lutzes. Yeah, I read that. So when, when, when the film came out in 1979, he, he, he gave that as part of an interview. It was, it's great, isn't it? We made it all up. Yeah, but then there's people who came out and said, well, he was in some financial wranglings with the Lutzes and had mm. fallen out with them. So people said he was trying to discredit them. Also, the Lutzes themselves found themselves the centre of a lot of legal and financial issues. So people think that could have been a motivation for them to, to make up the story. Yeah, I mean, you know, because the, they knew, obviously, before they moved in, of what happened. Yeah. You know, when you when you say about, I've already forgotten their names, the, Anna, the Annabelle couple. The Warrens. The Warrens. So when, when she, Warren, because I can't remember her name, when Lady Warren said that Lorraine. she was getting, yeah, Lorraine was saying that she's getting psychic visions of the, you know, the family that were involved in that murder spree, that she obviously knew about them already as well, would have seen pictures of them. So there's, you know, there's a lot of kind of, self-reinforcement isn't there you kind of you only buy a spooky house you know if, if you're a paranormal if you're somebody who believes in paranormal shit and you buy a spooky house you're doing it because you want that stuff aren't you 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 want exposure to that or to be able to say you've been exposed to it if you were somebody like you mike you wouldn't move into a house where you knew a family had murdered each other even if it was a but steal no no i know you wouldn't <laughs> whereas i would because there's dead people under everyone you know the, the, the world is built on dead people. Not every corpse is a ghost. I mean, there's not dead people everywhere. Like, you're not currently sat 
over a graveyard. You don't know. How do you know? How do you, how do you know? People, pe- how do you know you're not Mike? Humans have been on this you- earth for like 140,000 years. Because I, I live in a new build area. They've dug all this stuff up. Yeah, but you know, deep, deep down, which the oil is dead people or dead animals or dead well, plants. Yeah, but it is. You know, the, I mean, the, that could the lead us on to the question is, pile of corpses. why don't we see dinosaurs, ghosts? That's a great question, that is. You're not looking hard That's enough. That's for there another one. But, uh, the, I mean, what's your take on it, Eddie and Lisa? Because this one, I'm torn with this one. Because of the amount of court cases that have gone backwards and forwards on this, there's quite a few after David statements that contradict nearly all the points. So Father, I'm just going to call him Father Pecorino because I'm struggling to pronounce him with his proper name. Yeah. He, he never went to the house. Yeah, so I read that. I read that he claimed that none of that happened and he'd only spoken to George on the phone. Over the phone. Yeah, so that, that I think is quite a significant one. The other point is the whole story about the cloven hooves. The, one of the neighbours was an amateur meteorologist and spoke to the police and said that on the day when there were supposed to have been these cloven hooves in the snow, that there, ha- there hadn't been any snow for three weeks. So there's so many, there's so many examples of people just busting this all wide open as just being largely lies. Yeah, I mean, the, what about the, the picture of the kid? The pic. Well, I've got a picture of the kid here, just for so we can just have a look at it. Is this the one? Is this the one that Mike was on about that was shown on that infrared thing? Yeah. So it's a black and white film. Um, is it night vision, which would might account for the um, which might account the for the eyes. eyes. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think it is night vision, is it? I mean, it's um, but so he's just kind of like he's a he's on a landing, and there's obviously stairs coming up and stairs kind of going up from where he stood and he's just like peeking over the top of the banister um it does it it does look a little bit spooky there's there's no denying it's not and it now there was that the team that were investigating confirmed there were no children in the house at the time yeah it is a a young looking face and from where it is on the kind of banister knowing that banisters are usually kind of i don't know 90 centimeters a meter something like that it's you know it's 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 about the right height for, but it doesn't look. Young it doesn't look like John DeFeo. No, no, no. So some people believe it was Paul Bartz who was an investigator there already. But it is. It's a very young face for someone who's supposed to be an adult. Mm. I think, and I don't think it's too far away from the picture that we've got up here that um of of John. Is it DeFeo? Is that how you pronounce it, Mike? Am I understanding that right? DeFeo. DeFeo. Yeah. So John. I mean, you know, cute little kind of button nose, kind of side parting swept over it's you know you could believe it's the same you could believe it's the same child but were there many reports of a ghostly child in the house or have there been any well there haven't been any since the lutzes have there no but one thing that does no yeah you're right that's that but that that's the that infrared picture or whatever it is is the only time there's been a child i think that's that's one of the things for me is there's no consistency to these no. events, is there? It's just like a smorgasbord, yeah, a pick and mix of, scattered, of stuff it? you've yeah. seen in films and read in books. Well, you know? I, well that was what quite they got, interesting, they got the... actually, because I, I just had a quick look and at when The Exorcist was released. And so that all this happened... 1976, wasn't it? Um, 73. 73. Oh, 73. Got, yeah. yeah. So... You know, it, was it when we're talking, when were these murders happened? 79, was it? 75. 75. So the, you're only talking yeah. two years after The Exorcist, and that freaked people out big time, didn't they? You know, we're also, we're talking priests coming into the house, they, trying to bless yeah. things, things like that. 
a levitating woman who turns into an old lady. Absolutely. Yeah. So this photograph was claimed to have been taken in 76. It's when they were doing the investigations. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, I think it's all quite of its time. But the one thing that does make me think, what on earth, is they paid quite a lot of money. I imagine £80,000 or whatever it was back in... Back was, in the day. It was $235,000 in modern, like, adjusted for inflation. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's that's quite a chunk, isn't it? That's quite a chunk. To just up sticks and leave, having having been there for, yeah. having been there for a month. I mean, what on earth would make you do that? I mean, you're not... I mean, moving house with yeah, two, but... two young children. I don't think you're going to... Are you going to go through that just for the sake of a story? I don't know. And then they sold the house for, for, you know... Yeah, they made a loss on it, for didn't a loss. they? For, yeah. For, yeah, for a loss. So, I mean, I know they've they've done all right out of it, the Lutzes, haven't they, in this story and the films. And... You know, I don't, I don't think any family would necessarily run out of a house after a month to sell it for a loss, just for what yeah. could possibly be sold as a story or a film later. That's, that seems ridiculous. And they weren't... I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, when, when did they sell the house versus when did they start telling the stories and trying to sell their stories would be the thing. And is wow. that just another thing that's kind of part of the, you know, part of the story itself? You know, look, it was... Look, it's real. Yeah, because we had to leave. I don't know. I don't know what the. T- I don't. We may have to look at a time frame. So the the story started coming out obviously a couple of months after they left the house. Yeah. When when did they sell it though? Because you don't. You no, know, it's very rare. You just sell a house immediately, isn't I it? I think the house was the house was sold in 1977. So okay, and then the film came out in 1979. So they must have been yeah. selling. They must have been telling their story before they sold the house, mustn't they? Yeah, yeah. Why would Why would you create the story to make a loss on the property? To make money selling books and appearing on the spooky well, stand up circuit, whatever it's called. It's quite a big investment, that isn't it? For 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 what they don't know, you know, it's not a it's not a given that they're going to get books or anything. But what is interesting is that photograph that they claim was taken in this investigation was only released. In 1979, when obviously when the film when came the film out. came out, so oh, that's weird, isn't mm, it? Hmm, that's I think, strange. I think there's more. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm tending towards the the BS side of things, but it, there are a few yeah. kind of there are a few kind of weird oddities with it that I don't quite understand. But it depends. I mean, and, and I think maybe that's part of the issue. Is maybe maybe something did happen. You know, maybe it did. And you know, you know me. I'm saying it didn't, but I'm saying maybe it did. Yeah. Maybe something did happen. But all the embellishments, the fact that they've made a lot of money off it, they've, you know, there's been books, films. It makes you, it makes me far more skeptical and make me think, you know, this was people out for a book. They saw an opportunity. Yeah. They, you know, they saw a house where people had got murdered. They could buy it for a lot less than it was worth. Yeah. You know, yeah, you say you've made a £25,000 loss on it or $25,000 loss on it. But actually, if that house was worth one hundred and sixty thousand and they got it for eighty, they've not really lost much at all, have they? Well, no, they, yeah, they've taken a gamble on it, and yeah. I'm sure they came out on top if you did the maths on it. So absolutely, and yeah, I mean, I the just the you know that that really skeptical is not the right word, but that really cynical part of my brain that says. Obviously, I don't know these people, so I don't want to cast aspersions on them. But the story sounds to me like they saw an opportunity. Here's a house where a guy murdered his family after saying he could hear demons talking to him. Let's buy that. Let's live there for a bit, make a load of shit up, and then we'll sell our story. Could be. I mean, the interesting thing is that George and Kathy Lutz 
went their separate ways eventually. But both of them still maintained to their dying days that the events that happened to them, their stories were genuine. Well, you know, once they started making their money out of it, that was their job, wasn't it? Could be. Yeah. So has anyone else got any other input on this one? All I was going to say is that no other owner up until 2005 ever reported any of the weird goings on. And the house was sold, I think, for over $1.5 million in August 2010. And as I said, nobody since has ever had any issues with the property. Now, the interesting thing with the house is that past owners, because of the amount of kind of both paranormal tourists and, you know, the grim kind of murder site tourists that went to the house, that they changed those famous quarter circle windows that were in the top of the house. But also, the number of the house has been changed as well. So it's no longer 112 Ocean Avenue, it's 108 Ocean Avenue. So 112 Ocean Avenue as a postal address no longer exists. Ah, so the ghosts have got lost. That's what you're saying. Well, could be. They got moved out. Yeah, they got moved a couple of See, doors if down. You, if, if you bought it, wouldn't you be tempted to buy a stuffed pig man and put it in the window? And yeah. I'd be, change the I'd, number I'd be to six, trying six, to make six. every book out of it that I could. Because if unsuspecting yeah. Yeah. people are going to walk past and want to see something and take photographs, let them, let them yeah, come and stay in stay the real Amityville house. Yeah, I would. I'd, yeah, I'd have exactly. like I'd get people around for seances and all sorts. I'd be trying to. I'd yeah, try, be, I'd like, be trying to milk like it. Be like a B and B. Yeah, yeah Just, get yeah, a, let get, come get in. a guy to dress as a Native Indian chief, and stomp around downstairs. A guy to walk around with a shotgun. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, I'd be all over night. that. Yeah, like Ouija board nights, Mike. Like Eddie said, though, it's quite a, you know, it's quite, it's a, quite a, it's, an upper market. Yeah, it's quite area. an affluent area. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot yeah. of people who live around there they decline interviews, which they get on a regular basis because I think everyone's sick and tired of talking about it. Boo-hoo. So, what's the the general consensus here? You know, obviously something horrendous happened in the house yeah, with the with the murders. Yeah, there were murders committed by a man probably with undiagnosed schizophrenia, and that's horrible. But obviously for the family, you, you all got murdered in that. I'll leave it up to you guys to decide what you think about the uh, the spooky stuff. You already know what I think. So my take on it is, I think George and Kathy, I think George made up the stories, and I think Kathy went along with him. However, I think that picture of the spooky boy is genuine. Oh, okay. Um, so you think? Do you think you, you think the house is haunted by happenstance, unrelated to anything the Lutzes said happened? Yeah, Ooh. I think that the boy in the picture could be one of the DeFeo children, but obviously that goes against any of the hauntings experienced by the Lutzes, because, like you said, none of their encounters or experiences referencing a small boy hmm. or a small boy with glowing eyes, just a demonic pig with glowing eyes and green slime and stuff like that, which well, is all quite look, fanciful. Yeah, if you look at that picture again, are you sure it's a boy with glowing eyes and not a pig with glowing eyes? <laughs> Could be. No, it's definitely a boy with glowing I'm eyes. I'm looking close and it, it's quite human-like, really. Yeah. Um, but um, So that, I think, you know, I'm leaning more towards believing the validity of that photograph, but I don't buy into the stories from the Lutzes. Yeah, I think they actually made quite good horror films. Yeah. With the original film in 1979 and the remake in 2005, was it, with Ryan Reynolds and Melissa George? Oh, I haven't seen that. But in terms of, you know, it's quite a fanciful haunting story. Yeah, and it, it's very similar to other spooky-esque 
demonic things that were around at the time, isn't it? So, you know, it kind of, it, draw, it yeah. draws a lot of those. I'm not convinced by the looks at all. The photograph, I'm looking at it again now. I'm, it's just, it's a bit odd that there's just one. I think if they were going to try and, you know, really kind of sell this to try and promote their film, there might have been a couple of photos or something, or, or, yeah. or something else related to this small boy that they would have, because if they were going to do this, if they were going to make this photograph up or kind of concoct it or whatever they've done, um, kind of stage it, you'd have staged something else. There'd have been another story that went along with it, or like we saw the boy and then the door slammed or, you know, and it's not, it is, it's, it just seems like a standalone photo. So I think it's a little bit odd. I mean, I'd quite happily stay there and do a Ouija board night. I'm cool. I'm down with that. Mike's shaking his head. No. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I think I mean, if you notice, there's a few things we need to bring up every week, and that's uh, Ouija boards with Mike and Lizardmen. I think it's become a staple. People are waiting for it. Uh, and Pigmen pig as well. Pigmen. <laughs> Pigmen. Well, now we've done the Canic Chase episode, we can say it without anyone being really confused. So that's great. Yeah, I think it's it's a nice story, but I don't really buy into any of it. There we go. That, that's my take on it. It's a hot take. I like it. I think it's quite interesting. Obviously, it's a real tragedy that you know you've got a family that initially were all killed and then you've had other people who sought to profit off what is a really grisly series of murders when i was looking into this a lot of elements of this story sound like they've been lifted from another story which is about a place in the uk it's based in essex and it's called borley rectory and quite a few elements of this story because i think when people talk about the amateurville horror it's like it's the first of its kind but actually, there's quite a few story elements that are lifted from Bawdy Rectory. And it's quite interesting that if you actually search for the Amityville property, you also get reference to Bawdy Rectory as well. So I think that's definitely something that we should look at in the future and do a bit of a compare and contrast. Ooh. It's exciting. It's funny you should say that because Bawdy Rectory is actually, I've got that down for episode number 42, Ooh. which is season three. Ooh, season three, getting ahead. I like Season it. three. Coming to you soon in 2049. <laughs> 2022, actually, that one's slated for. We're getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit. But yeah, Bolly Rectory is, is one of the ones we're going to look at. Cool. Okay, excellent. We will discuss in a future episode. Excellent. Excellent. So I think in summary then, it sounds as though Lisa, you don't believe. Eddie, you don't believe. You know I don't. Mike, you believe in the scary the ghost kid boy. in the picture, yeah. but you don't believe not, in the story. Not the Lutz's like story, no. no. Do you I believe don't. in the pig I boy think, think, man thing as well? The pig boy man, yeah. No, the demonic pig imaginary friend, no. That's just, you know, imagination of a small child. Right, well, I think we're, for once, we're in agreement. So that's been our episode on the Amityville Hauntings. We hope you've enjoyed that one. If you'd like to drop us an email, you can email skepticsandbelieverspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know about your own experiences. Why not? Or you can follow us on social media. You can go to Twitter, which is S and B pod and the number one. Or you can follow us on Instagram, the gram with the handle skepticsbelieverspod. So this has been Skeptics and Believers. Thank you ever so much for listening. Like and subscribe and please join us us next week when we will be discussing the abduction of Whitley Streber. Until next time, please do take care of yourselves. This podcast has been brought to you by Obsidian Shark Productions.
The music featured in this podcast can be found at freemusicarchive.org and is used under the Creative Commons license. More details can be found on our website. Music